Join me right now, back on the show, is Damian Brown. He'll be competing on December 31st at Rising 14 versus Darren Crookshank at Saitama Super Arena. What's going on, Damian? Not much, man. Just uh, heading to training. How you going? Thanks for, having, thanks for having me back on the show. No doubt, man. Um, I'm excited for you, man. But before we get into all the Rising talk, last weekend you were at UFC Adelaide. You were cornering Ben Nguyen. What are your thoughts on them shutting down the division? Well, I don't, I don't know if it's like no one's actually said they're shutting the division down. I don't know that it's uh, that it's really that clear. I think it's a bit murky still. But um, you know, I think uh, my opinion as an outsider's view is that they'll basically just wait and uh, and see who wins out of the title fight, right? If uh, TJ Dillashaw wins, he vacates the 125 division gone. Henry Cejudo wins, how do you get rid of it? You know what I mean? Like, if the champ beats the 135-pound champ at 125, then they've got to keep the division, don't they? Because then they've still got a champ, you know what I mean? You can't, like, take his belt off him. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the division's uh, fate really relies on that fight. I think um, Cejudo's probably, probably going to feel that as well. What are your predictions on that fight? Do you think Suhudo is able will be able to uh, take out Dillashaw? Uh, I don't think um, Suhudo will be able to keep up with Dillashaw striking. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but from a wrestling point of view, I mean Suhudo's been able to pretty much wrestle whoever he wants without any dramas, except for the first um, Johnson fight. But you know Dillashaw's wrestling is nothing to be sneezed at, and um, so it'll be interesting because I think. Dillashaw's movement and footwork and his hands and, and, and the way he mixes up his hands and his legs, you know, his punches and kicks, I think will definitely um, confuse Cejudo. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when he tries to, uh, to try to wrestle him. So I think, I think Dillashaw wins. It depends really on his weight cut, if anything. Now, the last time we talked was after your release from the UFC. You were recovering from uh, knee and foot surgery. Was there any setbacks on your road to recovery, or was it all pretty smooth? Um, that was all pretty smooth. Um, you know, I had a... I think it went like it normally would. Like, some weeks it'd feel good, and other weeks it'd feel no good. So, But I don't think there was, there was no setbacks, so to speak. You know, I didn't re-injure it or anything like that. I just took my time and... Uh, it took me about five months to be sort of back to where I needed to be. Um, and then it was just about locking a fight in. And, I mean, this fight that's happened on New Year's was meant to happen last show. So it just didn't eventuate. Um, we agreed to it. They, they hadn't at the time. And we didn't, by the time that it got around to it, we didn't have enough time to go to camp. So, um, yeah, just um, nah, no setbacks. Everything went smoothly. I feel unreal right now running, sparring 100%, like, there's no dramas. Before you locked in this fight, were there other promotions that were, you know, coming at you, trying to get you to lock down a contract? Um, I wouldn't say coming at me. I mean, I got offered a couple of fights in Australia, um, but I was never going to fight back home. Um, you know, if you look at this thing like a business, um, and you fight back on the local circuit, you're going back to square one, like, there's no money in that. Uh, you know, there's no money in it, and a lot of guys will come back here and try and get a few wins and go back to the UFC. Well, 
man, I'll turn 34 next month. I'm not in this game to get a few more wins and get back to the UFC when I'm 35. So, 34, 35. So, for me, the risk of losing on the local circuit for no money and just to get back to the UFC wasn't worth it. So, um, as far as I, I was concerned, it was just about getting the right opportunity overseas. Uh, I spoke with Bellator a little bit, not a lot. I spoke with the matchmaker from Bellator. And, um, yeah, pretty much. But when I left the UFC, it was all about, I just really wanted to fight on Ryzen. You know what I mean? Like, I really wanted to fight in Japan. It was a big deal for me. And, uh, yes, that, that, you know, obviously came, came to, and they were interested in me. So when I, when I spoke to them, it was a no-brainer. Um, I mentioned that I was interested, and they told me they were interested, and we just pretty much waited for a fight to come around. And it, it happened, literally happened in weeks. I spoke to them, and the next week we got a fight offer. So I'm very happy with the um, two-fight deal that we signed. I think it's a good opportunity for me to prove myself and a good opportunity for the promotion to see what I've got. Um, and, yeah, I think that uh, I got the biggest fight I could have got outside the UFC as well. So don't cook Shane say talented and uh, dangerous opponent. He's 6-2 since signing with him in 2016. And he's finished his last four. I think one, all four of them he's finished. I think three knockouts and one submission. So, um, you know, he's he's a talented guy and, and it's a it's a dangerous fight. But, um, you know, when the UFC released me, from, in my opinion, it was the biggest fights against the biggest and best opponents I could find. And if the UFC happens to come down the track, so be it. If not, I'm gonna have a hell of a party on the way uh, on the way to retirement. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Derek Kirkshank, you guys have a lot of similarities. You guys are the same age. You both fought for the UFC. You both went directly to Ryzen after leaving the UFC. You're foreigners. You're strikers. But what's different about you from him? Uh. Um. I think just the willingness to, to throw down. I mean, he's a he's a taekwondo kind of guy. I got a karate background. You know, there is a lot of simul- similarities, but at the end of the day, when we're standing in the pocket, he doesn't want none. And um, you know, that's that's not a disrespectful thing. But if you have a look at his fights, um, when he's in the pocket, he hits and moves like he he doesn't want to get into an exchange. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to brawl. And um, I think that's the difference between me and Darren is that um, one of us is willing to throw down and go to sleep, and the other one's not. So um, I think that'll also be the difference in this fight. Do you believe that your style will make you into a fan favorite in Japan? I hope so. I mean, I've always felt like that, and a lot of people have told me that. Um, So (laughs) I certainly hope so. Um, You know, I'm looking to go to Japan and, put on only exciting fights. And I know Japanese fans and, and Japanese MMA don't really care about your win-loss record. You know, obviously they're like fighters with winning records, but they don't really care about your win-loss record. But all they really care about is the fights and the, and the you know, the entertainment factor. So I'm kind of hoping that if I just go over there and be myself, then, um, you know, they'll be, uh, they'll be into me. We've talked about this before. You don't care about titles. You want big fights. The Japanese fans, they don't really care about 
wins and losses. They care about your performance. It's almost like a perfect store for you right now. Yeah, man. Like I said, it was it was everything I wanted, and uh, and it and it happened. And it's the it was a great deal, um, especially for a first fight outside the UFC and a first fight with the new promotion. Um, so I got a fantastic deal, and I got the biggest opponent pretty much they've got on their roster. I mean, you know, sure they've got some guys with you know a bit more superstardom or whatever, but you know, in terms of winning records and you know poster boys like. He certainly made a name for himself over there, so I'm super impressed with that. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it just it leads to big things. So I'm looking to go over there and, and make an impression. It says a lot about you because you just mentioned that he has built a lot of hype for himself. He's on a four-fight win streak. He's beaten a lot of top, top contenders in the division. How big of an opportunity is this? You know, I know it's a big opportunity, but man, your first fight, you're fighting basically the champion of the division in a way it's as big opportunity as it gets that's 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 what i was saying like you know i could go and fight in australia and fight people that no one's heard of and and uh you know if, if it's mma man anyone can catch you you know what i mean submission or knockout so um no matter how much you believe you're the best in the country or whatever in your local circuit it still doesn't change the fact that anyone can beat you and the risk far outweighs the reward, in my opinion. So it was about finding the biggest fights across the world that I could find. And um, Darren's that, man. You know, he's uh, he's created himself, you know, a, uh, a bit of a persona over there. And people love him. And, you know, he's knocking dudes out. And he's got that stand-up style. And he doesn't grapple. So he's, um, <clears throat> he's the biggest fight that I could get. And I asked for it, and I got it. So... Um, at the end of the day, it just falls back on me to go over there and make an impression. You know, I just got to go over there and get my job done and uh, hopefully, you know, get it done in store. There's a lot of pageantry, you know, to Ryzen, to Japanese MMA. What it, are you going to have a persona? Are you going to go out representing Australia in a certain way? Man, I got a wicked walkout song. I can't <laughs> give it away, but everyone's, everyone's going to be like, what the hell? But, uh... Yeah, I got you know. I'm not going over there dressed as an Aussie, like dressed in Aussie flags, or you know, dressed like Top Gun or anything like that, man. I'm gonna go over there and be myself. I'm a fun kind of guy, you know. I live a life of humor, and uh, I'll just go over there and just do me, and um, hopefully they'll dig it. Stylistically, how do you match up against Crookshank? Um, you know, I think he's. I look for the finish, and he looks to score a lot of points. You know, he wins a lot of decisions. That's that Taekwondo martial arts background. You know, he's he's got a constant pressure, heaps of leg kicks. Uh, sorry, heaps of um, body kicks, and he loves throwing kicks. So he racks up those points. But um, I think that uh, my hands are better than his, my grappling's better than his, my wrestling's better than his. So um, you know, I think inside. Inside boxing range, I got the advantage, and sitting on the outside, I don't. So we'll see what happens. You know, I, I don't have my kicks go right as well. So um, you know, the last person I fought ended up with a broken leg. It's just the way. You know, it is what it is. I, I, I throw a lot of power. He throws with you know intent to rack up points. So I think there's small differences, um, but I don't think there's a lot of differences. 
You're fighting under Ryzen MMA rules. Could you clarify on the rule set exactly that you're using? Are soccer kicks allowed? Can you clarify? Because I actually don't know, man. <laughs> I don't, like, it's actually, it's kind of funny. I think their rules just suit individual fights. But, um, yeah, there's soccer kicks allowed. Me and Darren both agreed to elbows. So, as long as it doesn't change, I believe we'll just be fighting under normal Japanese MMA rules with elbows. So, um, yeah. In the main event of the night, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is facing Tenshin Nasukawa. Did you ever think that you'd be fighting on the same card as Floyd Mayweather Jr.? Man, I've been asked that a bunch of times. Not a million years. I mean, he's uh, arguably one of the greatest boxers and best defensive boxer of all time. And he's never fought outside of America. So there's no reason for me to even believe that I was going to go to one of his undercards, let alone one of them in Japan. So it's, um, it's certainly an interesting position. I'm not... I'm not like phased by it really or it doesn't like super excite me what excites me is the amount of eyes that are going on that show um that's all i really care about is uh how many people are going to watch it and uh i think that he's gonna he's gonna bring a lot of eyes to the show that otherwise wouldn't have been there in the press conference the president or the owner of ryzen he hinted at a lightweight tournament in 2019 earlier you mentioned that you signed a two-fight contract has there anything been discussed about a lightweight tournament with you? Not really. Uh, I think he, I think he put a um, I think he put a post up announcing our fight and said something in it. Like I'm not 100 percent because when I used the translation thing on Instagram, it, it didn't really read very well for me. But uh, it said something about a lightweight Grand Prix, and I think it was basically insinuating that whoever Whoever won this fight would get an automatic entry into the GP. So that's the most I've really seen about it. So, man, you know, it was one of the big things for me signing with Ryzen was the opportunity to possibly fight in the Grand Prix. And, uh, you know, I certainly hope that there is one next year and um, I can get a statement finish here and get myself locked into it because I think it would be a great opportunity for me at this point in my career to fight in an eight-man. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed, man. Well, I think no matter what happens in this tournament, both you guys are probably going to end up in that tournament, man. It's just, uh, it's made for you guys. It's made well, I for hope you. So. And, uh, man, you know, no matter what happens in this fight, I hope we meet again. Because um, it's an exciting fight. Coming back from injury, I was like, I need, you know, I really, I had a long layoff, and um, the UFC let me go in the middle of my injury, so, uh, my recovery, so. It made it really hard to, you know, because you got to strike while the iron's hot in this game. And, um, you know, if the UFC releases you two weeks after a fight and all the eyes are on you, it's really easy to get offers from other promotions. But when you've been sitting out for a while and no one really has you at the front of their mind, it's, it's hard to get offers. you kind of got to reach out to people instead of them coming to you. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's super exciting to, to be on this event. Yeah, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about your new management team. I know you had a manager stateside, but now you have a management team in Australia. It, how much of a relief is it for you to have somebody in your country that you can reach out to to get some help? Well, I mean, first of all, um, you know, George Prajan over in, in L.A. was fantastic. 
got me signed with the UFC off the back of a knockout. Like, uh, I got knocked out by Pachel in New Zealand. He got me a new four-fight deal, and then it's up to me to perform. Um, so I'm thankful for that. But, uh, you know, it's hard communication-wise when you communicate with someone who's on a completely different time zone a day behind you. It's nighttime for them, daytime for you, and vice versa. And it just became quite difficult. And, uh, you know, I lost a few in a row, and, and it's hard It's hard to sort of get people get people going. And, um, you know, the management team out here, um, they welcomed me with open arms and they gave me a great opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to get to Japan and whatnot. And they got me that deal and, and I'm just very excited to work with people in my own area. I think it also adds to, um, like, you know, it's very hard for an American manager to get me, um, to get me sponsorship deals and stuff like that. So I think that from that point of view, it's also far easier having an Australian manager. Um, you know, Australian media companies, mainstream media, Australian sponsors, all that sort of stuff is easier if you've got someone out here because essentially all I had was someone in America working for me, but I was never fighting in America because the UFC wasn't taking me there. So it can't really help me with sponsors over there. It can't help me with after parties. can't help me with all that sort of stuff. You know, and American media didn't really know who I was. So essentially there's not a lot he could do for me except represent me on the fight front. So I'm, uh, I'm super happy that, um, you know, I got an opportunity to work with people who have a real passion for their athletes and, um, and really want what, what's best for me, both inside and outside the cage. So um, we've got some really big plans for 2019, and I think it's going to be an exciting year um, and, and potentially my best year yet. So I'm excited for, um, for what's to come. Yes, I'm glad to see that you have everything lining up perfectly for you, you know, at this time of your career, even though most people would believe that the best time of their career would be in the UFC. But for you, it seems like it's going to be after you have left the promotion. Yeah, look, leaving the promotion was hard, man. I mean, all I ever wanted to do was fight in the UFC. So um, when they released me, it was a big deal. Uh, I was shattered. But um, a little bit of, uh, as a little bit of time passed, a little bit of, sort of refocusing and resetting my goals, I started getting I started getting like real excited about what's next. And um I think a lot of people don't realise that there is life after the UFC and there's good money to be made out there, there's good opportunities. You know, the UFC really do block a lot of sponsorships and kill it. So it's really nice that there's other stuff out there. Um it helps that ex UFC, UFC veteran, uh name tag, I guess, because then those promotions sort of um, want you a little more and are willing to, I guess, pay for that or reward you for that. So, um, it's, uh, the UFC was all I ever wanted, but now I'm super excited for what's next. So, uh, if the UFC never comes back, I'm not worried about it, man. I'm, I think that I'll uh, make a home in Japan and stay there for a long time. Yeah, that tag... Uh, for UFC veteran, it can be a gift or a curse. It all depends on what you do with it that makes it a gift or a curse. December 31st, New Year's Eve, Saitama Super Arena, Ryzen 14, Damian Brown, it's great to see you get a fight, especially against a guy like Darren Crookshank. Thank you for your time, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.